You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for joining us. School is back in session this week, but the school year begins with some disappointing figures for Michigan. The most recent statewide test scores showed declining scores in literacy and declines in most grades and testing subjects. These numbers come despite years of education reforms passed by the state legislature and the governor. So what is going wrong and what do we need to do to fix it? Joining us now to talk more about that is Chastity Pratt-Dossie. She's a reporter with Bridge Magazine, recently contributed to an article titled, Michigan is failing its students as state test scores keep tanking. Chastity, welcome to Detroit Today. Hello, Detroit. Yeah, uh, th- that's not, that's a very good, gloomy headline uh, on that article. Michigan is failing its students. Uh, is, is that is that a little bit of hyperbole or is that absolutely true? It's absolutely true. I mean, here's the thing. When the M-STEP state standardized test came out last week, what they essentially said is that, you know, we're not getting any better. We're yeah. not getting any better. And we know on a national level that our schools are, our reading scores are in the bottom 10 nationally. And when we have a state test that is basically saying, look, 20% of kids, 10% of kids, 5% of kids are passing different parts of this test, and it's not really getting any better, Mm -hmm. then we have to really look hard at that and call it what it is. That's a failure. So so not getting any better. Describe what that means and then... Describe what school officials say is the reason that that's persisting. Well, when I say not getting any better, I mean in statistically significant numbers. Right. When right. you see um, reading scores, math scores all going down, even if it's one, two, three percent, or only going up by point oh three percent, that's that's a flat line. It's statistically insignificant gains. Um, what? we know about testing is if your kids start off at a low percentage of kids proficient, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. Say 20% of kids being proficient. That's a low number. That means that statistically it's easier to make progress with a small pop, a small population of kids. So if you get a small population of kids uh, in the following year to make a gain, then you'll go from 20% to 25 to 30 really fast. Yeah. In other words, the lower your score, the lower uh, the number of uh, kids you have who are passing, the easier it is to make it's huge to gains right. yeah. with just small with small number of kids making improvements. And we're not seeing that. We're just not seeing it's that. Not it's not happening. not happening. At the same time, as I said in the open, we've been doing a lot of things that we call education reform. We've been changing things up. There are different kinds of requirements for teachers uh, and schools. There are different ways that we measure schools. Why is all of this not having any effect? That is the... (laughs) (laughs) If you knew that, you might be governor. (laughs) That is the $12 billion question because that's how much we're spending on public schools here in Michigan. That is the $12 billion question. And what you'll hear a lot of educators say is that we've had, um, we've talked about this before, Stephen, in Stability, inconsistent, you know, not consistent with the way that we test, the way that we have accountability measures, the way that we measure what's proficient and what's not proficient. Yeah. Every year in Michigan, we are changing the game, changing the rules to the game. You will like there are some um, 
researchers who would say you really can't compare this year's M-STEP results to prior years, one or two years ago, because the test has changed the again. The test is not the same. Yes. Yeah, so that a lot of educators will say that we are we are um, plateauing at a very low level here in Michigan. We're not seeing significant gains, even though we're seeing significant um, uh, you know amounts of money being put into things like preschool and reading, because we have inconsistent, unstable rules, regulations. And everything when it comes to how we measure yeah. achievement. So, so uh, when you talk to school officials about this, then and they they see these numbers, they see things not improving. What is it that they say we should be doing that we're not doing? What's the what's the the way forward? Um, well, uh, M step uh, is harder than the meat was back in the day. It is. It's more rigorous. It's more critical thinking. It 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 requires children to to do a lot more. Um, and that's good. Now, last year, as you might recall, we did away with some of the reading, yeah. some of the writing tests. Mm-hmm. Why are you doing that? You know? Um, so what we should be doing is coming up with rigorous standards, um, a high bar, having high expectations and sticking to that over a course of time so that we can have a course of time where we can compare um, children's achievement now to children in the past and in the future. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's sort of counterintuitive, isn't it, right? Uh, you see test scores plateauing or going down, and your instinct is to say, oh, my goodness, we're not doing the right thing. we got to do something really radically different. But really the the, the answer may be to, to double down on what we are doing, giving it, give it a chance to – to take root and maybe have an effect, and then see what uh, what needs changing. That's exactly. a hard, but that's a hard message to sell to parents. I would imagine. Exactly. I mean, look at it. Third graders in Michigan. Third grade reading is the pivotal point right. that you know experts have said. If you need to be reading well by third grade, so that you can continue to use that reading skills those reading skills to learn other subjects, right? Right. So uh, if you're not reading well by third, fourth grade, you're in trouble. So here in Michigan, for instance, this year, 44.4% of third graders were rated proficient. Um, That's up from 44.1%. So Mm -hmm. that's statistically insignificant number of kids were basically at the same rate as a year ago, even though there's been a lot of, um, you know, money put into reading coaches and trying to get kids reading. Mm Mm-hmm. This is important in Michigan because we know that we have a policy here. Next year, starting next year, if you're in the third grade and you're failing reading and you're failing a state reading exam, you could be held back. You could be held back. Now, there's a lot of loopholes in that, right? (laughs) You could be. A lot of kids probably won't be. Right. But, you know, um, the state has put that on the table. And 44% of kids being proficient. So, is, is Michigan next year right. going to take 45% of third grade and say you're going to repeat the third grade? I, that, that would be nuts. That would be nuts. Uh, I mean, you're not going to do that. But is that, is that the kind of approach that we need to say, look, this is serious. And if, if you can't read by the third grade, if you're not proficient in reading, you can't go to the fourth grade because that's when we stop teaching reading. Now we're reading to learn as opposed to learning to read. So, so what's the answer to that? You can't, you can't make promises or threats that you can't keep, that's for sure. <laughs> um, but what we've seen is that when you, you, you double down on um, your reading approach and your rigor mm-hmm. and you, you, you get reading coaches in there, and you, instead of having 20 kids in a class, you have 
you know, 10 or 15. Right. I mean, you really attack it like, you know, and, and then, you know, we know that we spend a lot of money on early childhood education, uh, preschool, kindergarten, yeah. uh, teaching kids in kindergarten, really the fundamentals of reading early. All of these are efforts that we have heard the researchers say will work, but it's not going to work in a year. So, you know, on the one hand, while we know right now we're failing, we we also know that it takes more than a year right, <laughs> to, right. to make some gains. Yeah. So in Michigan, what we've done in the past is say if we're not doing well, let's change the test. Changing the test, changing the scores, changing the system doesn't work. You have to double down, stick to it and, and hope and, you know, really work towards making five, six years from now, a different scenario. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Chastity Pratt-Dossie. She's a reporter for Bridge Magazine, recently contributed to an article titled Michigan is Failing Its Students as State Test Scores Keep Tanking. We're talking about performance in our public schools here in Michigan as the school year opens this week. Uh, Chastity, I, I want to change the subject just a little and talk about poverty and in schools in Michigan. Oh. Um, uh, it's it's something that, that I feel like we're gaining some traction, at least, in terms of the conversation about Poverty being a dynamic that uh, that we've got to pay attention to differently than than other kinds of uh, things in the in the public schools, and there were some initiatives underway to try to address poverty head on. and And what I'm thinking specifically of is the adequacy study that was done, uh, I think a, a couple of years ago now, uh, where they talked about how much money you need to educate kids uh, in, in districts with lots of kids who live in poverty versus what you might need in a district where kids are, are pretty well off. It, it seems to me that that ties a little bit into the test score question, even though test scores are, are, are low everywhere in this state. They are lower in districts with lots of poverty. Are we, are we getting closer to the point where the legislature, the governor, uh, start thinking about, okay, how do we do this? Or are they pushing back and saying, mm, maybe that's not what we want to do at all? Well, you're right, um, Stephen. There has been some traction and that there's been conversation. There's been some studies. The legislature did a study, um, like you mentioned, a couple of years ago um, that came up with results that really uh, the Republican-led legislature balked at, essentially saying that um, students who are poorer, students who are English language learners, students that are special needs, uh, require anywhere from 40 to 100 percent more funding mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, than they're currently getting. You know, we're, we're spending about 75, 7,600 per student. And that was saying, oh, we need to be well over 8,000 just to provide the, the basics. And so that that sort of um, price tag really was an eye popper to some people. And so there's not been any real conversation as to how to get to that number. But um, there has been other um you know, attempts to talk about equity, uh, Oakland Intermediate Schools and other um, school uh, uh, groups and uh, business leaders from Michigan have all gotten together to to start a real conversation about how the business community, how the education community can continue to push this conversation. Because, um, you know, those of us who have been reading and writing about and, and involved in education for a number of years have heard it, but the public here in Michigan have, you know, the public hasn't really heard the conversation about equity yeah. totally and fully. When we talk about equity, we're not talking about equality. Yeah. We're not saying that, you know, poor kids need the same amount of money as kids in Birmingham. That is not the conversation. The conversation is looking at each child, determining what they need 
and providing it and figuring out a way to fund it no matter what the cost is you know and that that would help everyone to reach a predetermined standard you know it's a controversial idea to Mm -hmm. spend more money on poor kids than on rich kids, at least in this state, but it's not in other states. And when they do it in Massachusetts, they have been doing it for a long time. Kids in Boston uh, get a lot more money uh, from the public school system than kids in in wealthy suburbs of of Boston, for instance. It it, it seems like, as always, we're just a little slow. We're late uh, to the conversation. Our conversation about school funding has always been one of, you know, try to give everyone close to a standard number when that doesn't address everyone's needs. Right. Right. Uh, I want to pivot again and talk about uh, DPS and the drinking water shutoffs, which continue to get a lot of attention now in terms of what the solution might be, Mm. uh, at least in the short term. You have a story coming out uh, that will talk about uh, DPS water shutoffs. What what will we learn in that piece? Um, I don't want to give away too much because it's not out there yet. <laughs> we still, no spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers. <laughs> but I mean, you know, when we look at what DPS did, it raises questions. You know, DPS voluntarily mm-hmm. tested their drinking water back in 2016. I don't know if you all, you remember, but sure. um, uh, Bridge, we, we broke the story saying Dan Early's leaving Flint and going to Darnell Early is leaving Flint going to Detroit Public Schools. And at the time, he was the emergency manager for Flint. Mm-hmm. Then he mm-hmm. became the emergency manager for DPS. And people in DPS freaked out. They were like, oh, my God, he was the emergency manager over the water problem. What if we now have <laughs> water problems? What if we problem? get the same thing? <laughs> what right? if he brought water problems right. with him, right? <laughs> and so what happened was they started testing um, the water um, in DPS. And they found, you know, uh, about 20 schools had some problems. And then this year was another round of testing, uh, and they found another 16 or so schools with, um, with you know, lead. Unacceptable. Levels of, unacceptable levels. levels of lead and copper. And the, the thing that really alarmed DPS was that this these high level lead levels, yes, it was tested in the summer when the fountains weren't running as sure. much, but there were summer school in some of these buildings, so some of them have been, some of those faucets have been used, and also... You found high lead levels or unacceptable lead levels in the water in DPS in new schools and old schools. Yeah. So I think Superintendent Vidi at that point said, whoa, 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 let's figure this thing out. Um, DP, uh, uh, the, the water department says, oh, we don't have any, any uh, lead pipes going in, lead service lines going into DPS schools. That needs to be looked at. But the real question is, when you look at what DPS did voluntarily, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. testing their water, Last year, this year, that raised some questions, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. <laughs> well, it raises questions about everybody else, right? Hello, uh, you hello. know, it's a, it's a big city, lots of schools in the city what that about are the not schools? DPS. What about charter schools? What about private schools? What about uh, religious schools? What about in the daycare city? centers? What about daycare centers? What about people's homes? Yeah, we could, it <laughs> we could get there too. It raises a lot right? of questions, and I mean, yeah, we were out there on the first day of school with everyone else asking parents and teachers and kids what they think about it. But um, this isn't just a DPS problem. This yeah. isn't just a Detroit problem, and you know, Bridge. We it's an infrastructure problem statewide, and the sooner we get to that conclusion, the better off we're all going to be. And 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 at some point, you know, we uh, Detroit Public Schools, as we know, has a huge problem with achievement and a huge problem with facilities, but at some point you got to give credit where credit is due. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't have to do this and they no, did. They did the right thing. They did the right thing. Yeah. Okay. Chastity Pratt, Dossie reporter 
for Bridge Magazine. Always great to have you here on Detroit Today. All right, anytime. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today in a minute.